Welcome to another episode of the Tech.eu podcast. My name is Robin Wouters, and I'm here with my lovely fellow reporter, Shaheen Samarati. Hi, Robin. Great to have you back on the show. Let's dive right in, because there's been a lot of news in the past two weeks since our last podcast, so there's a lot of ground to cover. First of all, there have been a number of major acquisitions of and by companies you've no doubt heard of. There's Nokia, uh, which has bought fellow Finland-based uh, company Comtel for close to 350 million euros, uh, as mobile operators increasingly rely on software to make their networks more intelligent. One analyst claimed that the move was likely to take out a competitor or a potential competitor in the future, but Nokia said it was part of its strategy to build a standalone software business at scale, unquote. Another big acquisition in European tech was the Priceline Group signing a deal to acquire UK and Denmark-based travel search site Momondo Group for a considerable $550 million in cash. Momondo offers a meta-search engine for hotels, flights, and cars in Europe and is probably better known for its subsidiary brand, Cheap Flights. As a result of the deal, Cheap Flights will operate under Kayak, which Priceline also acquired back in 2012 for $1.8 billion. The acquisition is also the latest in a string of European travel tech deals, with Skyscanner getting acquired by Trip in November last year in a £1.4 billion deal, and Germany-based Trivago going public in December after separating from Expedia. Yeah, that's right. And that's only a few deals. There, there have been more in travel tech. We should really dive into that someday. Um, <laughs> we will. Uh, there was also some other um, smaller acquisitions that we'd like to highlight on the podcast. Uh, this includes Swedish fintech giant Klarna. They bought Germany's bill pay from Wanga for about £60 million, at least according to Sky News. For Klarna, it was a way to strengthen its position in Germany, which is still one of the largest e-commerce markets in the world, so that makes sense. Then the final acquisition we'd like to talk about in this podcast happened in Greece, uh, which in itself is quite a rare occurrence. Greek taxi hailing app TaxiBeat has been acquired by its German competitor MyTaxi, uh, which in turn is owned by Daimler. So this is, of course, a move for Daimler and MyTaxi to boost its competitiveness in Europe, where it competes against the likes of Uber, of course, but also Taxify and uh, lots of similar local companies that have really been flooding the market. Um, No figures have been made official, but speculation over a potential deal last month tipped the acquisition at around uh, $43 million. We'll have to see how those acquisitions play out. But now let's jump to something else entirely. Earlier this month, the European Union agreed on new rules allowing subscribers of online services in one member state to access them while traveling in another. We're not only talking about Netflix. For example, this would be any kind of subscription to something like films, ebooks, video games, music services, and so on when traveling within the European Union. This new so-called, quote, portability ruling is the first step of regulation under a drive by the European Commission to introduce a single digital market in Europe. And of course, it's been met with fierce opposition from Europe's movie and TV industry, which it views as a threat to its territory-by-territory licensing of movies and TV shows. The online service providers will now have nine months to adapt to the new rules, which means they'll go, which means they'll come into force by early 2018. Let me read that last part again. The online service providers will now have nine months to adapt to the new rules, which means they will come into force by early 2018. 
yes, really looking forward to that, especially taking my Netflix subscription across Europe where I travel a lot. Um, there was a lot more interesting news coming out of the EU this week. Uh, last Thursday, for example, uh, European lawmakers called for EU-wide legislation to regulate the rise of robots, uh, including a, quote, ethical framework for their development and deployment and the establishment of liability for the actions of robots, unquote, including self-driving cars. However, at the same time, they rejected a proposal to impose a so-called robot tax owners to fund support for or retraining off workers put out of a job by robots. Uh, and this is something that I just read this morning that Bill Gates is actually in favor of introducing a robot tax, but the EU parliament was not. Now, this is merely a recommendation to the European Commission, which is the executive branch of the of the government, uh, which is not obliged to follow. But the interesting thing is that it has to give solid reasons if it chooses not to do that. So it's an interesting and timely topic, the rise of autonomous vehicles and advanced robots um, making their way to warehouses and other parts of the supply chain that employs so many people in the Western world. So it should be interesting to watch. Um, the European Parliament said in a statement that Europe should be taking the lead on setting standards here so as not to be forced to follow those set by third countries. Also interesting to note is that the robotics industry and more specifically the Frankfurt-based International Federation of Robotics, they welcomed the decision by EU lawmakers to reject the robot tax, which it said would stifle innovation. The organization actually argues that automation and the use of robots actually create new jobs by increasing productivity rather than destroy jobs. We'll have to see what happens with that, but it's a very interesting discussion that we'll be following closely. Now, going back to industry news, we'd like to take the opportunity to highlight two new funds that were announced recently. One is Frontline Ventures, a Dublin and London-based VC firm, which has closed the 60 million euro fund for investing in B2B software companies at the pre-seed and seed stages. It's a relatively small fund, but not so small when you consider that Frontline usually invests anywhere between 200,000 and 3 million euros in very early stage startups. But uh, one investor that we're likely to see investing in a lot more later stage companies is Atomico, the fund that was co-founded by Skype founder Nicholas Zenstrom. Atomico this week announced the close of its latest fund at $765 million. It's the fourth fund from the firm that will invest in European startups from Series A and up, assisted by an investment team of former executives from Google, Facebook, Uber, and Spotify. They'll assist portfolio companies in areas such as international market entry and partnerships, user growth, product, hiring and retaining talent and marketing. Yes, a big number there for Atomico, uh, which is arguably the most bullish fund of its size when it comes to the potential uh, of European tech companies to become global leaders. And they're also calling it Europe's biggest fund now. So congrats to Atomico. Um, speaking of which, I was in Riga recently for the amazing Tech Chill Conference, uh, which is really great. If you have a chance to go, you should go next year. I met with some of the finest startups coming out of the Baltics there, um, uh, which Atomico is also invested in. And I caught up with a local Latvian fintech company, Twino, that I think deserves a lot more attention than they've enjoyed so far. Uh, we recently wrote about them. Twino operates a peer-to-peer -peer lending platform, and the company recently announced that it has funded 100 million euros worth of P2P loans in nine countries to date already. So we covered that news. But before that, I've never really heard of the company. And apparently they, they employ more than 600 people and they've been bootstrapping all along. So I had the pleasure of, of catching up on, on all of that with uh, Twino CEO, Yevgenis Kazanins um, in Latvia. And you can listen to that interview now. Hey, this is Robin from TechU and I'm here in Riga, Latvia for the Textual Conference. And I'm here with Yevgenis from Twino. What's Twino? Twino is the fastest growing peer-to-peer uh, lending platform in Europe. We operate across nine countries and we have investors from over 30 
countries around the whole Europe. Right. Fastest growing, what does that mean? Give me some numbers. Yeah, so we started uh, just a year and a half uh, with the platform. And in this uh, 18 months, we uh, have lent uh, over 100 million euro in loans. Uh, and on a monthly basis, we're second or third largest uh, peer-to-peer lending platform in Europe. Great. You started a year and a half ago, but the company is not that young. Exactly. Yeah. So, so the company started as a traditional balance sheet lender. So, so the company was lending its own capital, and uh, since 2009 and in 2015, we we launched a P2P platform and started this path of kind of transition to P2P model. Right. And this is an amazing number. You employ 600 people. That's um, insane. That's correct. What do they all do? <laughs> that's correct. I mean, uh, we're growing uh, pretty fast. You know, we. Essentially, over the last year, we doubled the the number of employees, but we're growing across the board. We have 100 people in, in Riga, which is our headquarters, and 500 people around nine countries, so the largest offices in Poland, Georgia, Russia, and so on. Right. And here's the other amazing thing. You guys have never, ever raised funding, so you're completely bootstrapping this business. Yeah, exactly. We're we're completely bootstrapped, just grew out of profits. And I think it brings very important quality for us. You know, when we launch new products or we launch new countries, the key focus is, you know, how we get to kind of break even point. And I think it works so far. Do you have any plans to expand to UK, US, other big economies here? You know, we have a few big markets on our hands, you know, like uh, Russia it's, uh, and, and, and Poland. Uh, so but we're looking at, across several markets, uh, but I wouldn't think those would be like US or UK. I think uh, you know, last year we started lending in Kazakhstan. So we're adventurous in how we expand. And what's your biggest challenge as a company right now? Yeah, I mean, the biggest challenge is obviously scaling the lending part uh, profitably, right? As I said, you obviously can throw a lot of, of, of money and scale the lending, but then you realize that you're losing money. And for us, it's not an option, you know, as we're, as we're a bootstrap and, and, and we are profitable and try to stay profitable. Mm-hmm. So scaling lending is the biggest challenge right now. So let's talk about competitive landscape. Um, who do you usually compete with in the markets that you're in? Yeah, I mean, uh, P2P lending in Europe, you know, it's 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 very cross-border thing, right? So for us, the largest investors come from Germany, UK, Netherlands, Estonia. And, and these are the people who also invest in UK and Zoppa and on Ratesetter and Funding Circle. And they also invest in, in Germany on Oxmoney. So essentially, the, the capital in Europe is pretty kind of cross-border you know it flows where the best offer is and so in in this sense we compete with all the key players uh, in europe um do you find it easy to find talent here in latvia or do you need to look across borders now for expansion you know in riga we hired a lot of engineers you know like year and a half we had five engineers across the group uh now we have 50 so so there there are certain challenges but we're also looking you know from outside of latvia so First approach was to build local teams, uh, say IT teams in, in, in Russia and in Georgia. Uh, but now we also uh, bring people to Latvia. So, for instance, our uh, social media manager uh, is from Mexico. Uh, <laughs> so we're like completely opportunistic looking where the best talent is and, and bring them here. And how do you feel about the Latvian startup scene? Before joining a year and a half ago, I was away from, from Latvia for about five years. And, and uh, when I came back, I realized that the, the startup ecosystem just, just blossomed in, 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 uh, in this period. 
five, six years ago when I started my company here in Latvia, we were like 15 people on, on the startup meetups. Uh, first thing I went to the meetup and there were like 200 people. I was right. like, whoa. Uh, you also have a very uh, unexpected support from government. So, so there was a startup law passed that gives extremely great advantages on, on tax for, for startups. Uh, you see government working on, on uh, providing visas for startup founders. So unbelievable things are happening, you know. So there was kind of a shift uh, in, in kind of thinking about startups. And now everyone yeah. believes that it's probably the next big thing. Right. And, and everyone is very supportive about it. And now you also have textual. Yeah. <laughs> really good. Um, thank you very much for sharing your thoughts. And best of luck with Twina. Thank you, Rowan. To conclude the podcast, we also quickly wanted to highlight just a few funding rounds that caught our attention in the past two weeks. One is Amsterdam-based Blumon, which has managed to grow its online flower delivery service with a subscription model. They've raised 21.4 million euros in a Series B funding round. Another one is Soundtrack Your Brand, a Spotify-backed Swedish startup that's getting out to, quote, kill bad background music. That company has raised uh, $22 million in a funding round led by Nordic VC fund Industrifonden and the UK's Balderton Capital with participation from Telia Company, Northstone, Creandum, and others. Final funding round we wanted to highlight is for Barcelona-based fintech company ID Finance, which has secured $50 million in debt financing from a number of sources. ID Finance is a balance sheet lender which provides credit scoring and digital finance services. It's already active in Spain, Poland, and Russia, and last year landed in Latin America by releasing its Money Man product in Brazil. With this new debt funding in place, the company plans to boost its Latin American expansion plans. Thank you very much, Shaheen. That's it for this week. One more note before we leave you completely. If you happen to go to Barcelona next week for the Mobile World Congress or the Coordination Now Conference, please be advised you should come early on Sunday, the 26th of February, uh, as we are hosting a great event in a beautiful venue with a lot of amazing speakers. It's called Mobile Sunday. And for more details and tickets, you can visit mobilesundaybarcelona.com. And we hope to see you there. Uh, thank you so much for tuning into our podcast again. Uh, we hope you're a regular listener. If not, you can fix that by subscribing on iTunes or SoundCloud. Uh, you can also follow TechEU on Twitter. We're at tech underscore EU. And you can also be found on Facebook, LinkedIn, and even Google Plus if you're so inclined. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week. Bye, Shaheen. Bye, Robin. Looking forward to seeing you in Barcelona. Adios.